This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I'm still Ryan Bonaparte. And we're back with you a day early, as promised, because Purdue is playing a day early. We're playing on a Friday night. Friday night lights in ross Stadium, 7 p.m. kickoff again. Checks notes, checks notes. (laughs) Don't like to hear. No, we're not thrilled about that. Um, So Ryan and I are going to have a guest who is a Wisconsin expert on the second half of the pod. Before that, Ryan and I are going to talk about a little bit of Ryan Walters' press conference that he held yesterday, Monday, September 8th, and also talk about some Purdue and Wisconsin things going into Friday's game. But first, Ryan, uh, for those who are listeners, we talked about the pumpkin spice frosty on the last episode of the podcast, and I was able to get it, and I tried it. Okay. It's delicious. Okay. It, you know, the only thing I'll say, and this is probably a reflection of the Wendy's I went to and not a reflection of you're going to get in general. It was a little water, not not watery, but like melty, uh, more okay. melty than usual. But I think that was just a, a factor of the specific Wendy's that I went to. So I wouldn't be worried about it, but the taste was top notch. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Good. Good. I, I will say I, I tried my darndest to get myself a pumpkin spice frosty. I ordered one, and it had it. Um, it had it through um, the online delivery uh, page. I was able to order it because I was working from home. And about 20 minutes later, I got a text. They only have chocolate and strawberry. Oh, man. What a rip. I was rip. devastated. Did you, yeah. did you decide to get a chocolate or strawberry, or did you cancel the whole thing? I got myself a chocolate for classic nothing wrong with that 
absolutely nothing didn't wrong even with have that. Vanilla though, no vanilla. How? I think they generally only have two flavors at a time, just because mm. that's probably all they have room for in their you know machines. Right. So they'll probably swap out the strawberry for the pumpkin spice and then get rid of that mm-hmm. once once the uh, fall season over would be my guess. Yeah, you're you're definitely right because that's definitely how Earhart uh dining court works uh, yes. with their ice cream machine. Yeah. So uh, just sad. Have to try it again maybe in a week or two. Maybe they'll switch over. Yeah, you just never know. But yeah, I would definitely recommend for all of our fall loving friends in the podcast listening it is a nice, tasty little treat. Uh, it's very refreshing on a warm day. So uh, 10 out of 10 would recommend. So uh, enough pumpkin spice talk. Let's talk about Ryan Walters' press conference on Monday. Ryan, I know you were looking through the transcript earlier. Um, mm-hmm. Was there anything in there about injuries to guys like Gus Hartwig or uh, Jenkins need to know about going into to Friday's game? Uh, yes and no. There was news on Kydron Jenkins. So, from what Ryan Walters said, he is still going through his rehab process. If he's ready, he'll play. If he's not, he won't. I so, love that. pretty upfront. I, lo- I yeah. love that. Well, if he's ready, he'll play. If not, he's not. Won't. Well, okay, I would expect nothing less. Uh, but it doesn't sound like he <laughs> gave us any indication. Absolutely. doesn't sound like he gave us any indication when that rehab would be done, or he was, or how likely. Yep, exactly. And there was no word on all on Gus Hartwig. So we're still in the dark. We're hoping, but I can't, can't believe have no, no one idea. even no one even asked the question about him. Mm. That just seems I wild. I wasn't to down me. there in West Lafayette, so we'll we'll send Gabby next time. Yeah, there you go. I'm not sure we want Gabby uh, to be able to confront uh, the coaches after a loss. Hey, you know. Well, no, this was midweek, so Yeah, I guess that's but still you got um, you got some time to start drinking in between, yeah. so you don't have to. There you go, there you go. So, uh, any other uh, interesting quotes or notes from the press conference that he said? Um, you know, anything that really really brought your uh, attention to it? Yeah, there was one thing that kind of broached my uh, attention and kind of got my eye to quiver a little bit. So, when asked about third and fourth and one, so. Um, Ryan Walters was asked kind of, you had three games. What do you notice? Is there a pattern? Ryan Walters said, yeah, there's a pattern. I'm quoting. It's not being able to convert. (laughs) Well, I appreciate the honesty. Exactly. So he said they had three games of information that will definitely change my approach on when to and when not to go for it. So... I not just like what plays we're going to run, but whether or not to actually go for it. So he looks like a guy that wants to learn and wants to improve. I appreciate that so much in a coach. Yeah. I, for, you know, being a Purdue fan, you hope nothing else that he can improve each week and jury's still out, but he looks the part if nothing else. Yeah. And I I think, it's so hard to get a feel for what kind of a coach Ryan Walters is going to be in this first year because he's left with a team that isn't what he wants it to be. We lost so many players either to the draft or the transfer portal. And he's, you know, just trying to cobble together um, a roster that can suit what he wants to do, but it's not really working. Um, So really we don't have a lot to go on right now, which is really 
it's not fun because it allows folks to draw their own conclusions and get all up in their feelings after a couple of losses um, and decry Walters and the staff as terrible and horrible and clearly it was a bad hire and we need to fire him already and blah, blah, blah. So it's very mm-hmm. tough to, to gauge a coach this early in their time. So I, I just he is saying the right things. It's just a matter of can he do the right things? Can he implement those changes? And do we see results as we go on through the season? You know, um, how how well do you remember the the Daryl Hazel years, the first year of Daryl oh, Hazel? Well, let me tell you, I definitely remember the last Daryl Daryl Hazel. Yeah. Um, if <laughs> it's a time you want to forget. Yeah, definitely. that is true. That is true. So, I mean, I was at the very first game of the Daryl Hazel era when we played at Cincinnati. Uh, I've talked about mm-hmm. it on the podcast before. One of the most miserable experiences I've had at a football game because it was so incredibly hot. The stadium was absolutely terrible. This was pre-renovations, so it was like you couldn't walk anywhere. The concourse was just flooded with people. It took forever to get in the stadium, but also, I mean, the game, Purdue just looked inept out there, and I think that is one thing. I mean, you can say a lot of things about the losses Purdue has had so far this year, but we haven't looked inept. You know, we've still been able to move the ball. We've still been able to um, go out there and make some plays. We've definitely had some problems, you know, the secondary allowing guys behind them, uh, allowing Garrett Schrader to absolutely shred the defense. But we've not looked completely lost out there. And I know that's a low bar, and I know I'm going to, you know, take some flack for that. But it, it's now, even though we won the Big Ten West last year, we still have to rebuild this program and – get back to where we want to be because of the fact that we lost so much. And I think people need to realize that and, and understand that. Yeah. Um, funny you mentioned that. I was actually at the final game of the Hazel era. So we got the bookends <laughs> there. Um, and so there's one other thing I kind of want to touch on from the press conference that um, kind of sparked from last game. It's whether or not Devin Mockaby is still the starter. Okay. So the depth chart has an or in between Devin Mockaby and Tyrone Tracy. So it's almost like it's, an, uh, you know, an open for the starting job. And Walters said, um, in my opinion, those guys are both starting tight players in this conference and for us as a team. So I think those reps will be more evenly distributed. Hopefully we'll be better because of that on offense. So it's almost like they have a tandem back field now rather than just it's the Devin Mockaby show. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think that makes sense. When you fumble mm-hmm. that many times, uh, granted, he didn't lose any of the fumbles, but he's now fumbled, what, four times on the year? Yes. And lost none of them, which is just an incredible streak of luck that I think we mentioned in the last pod. That you're not going to be able to keep that up. Um, eventually those yeah. are going to come back and bite you. And it's it's just incredible that he's fumbled that many times so far with none being recovered uh, by the defense. So he, he has yeah. got to get that and, under control. Yeah, and all the while Hudson Card loses three of his. Right, yeah. Maybe it just bounces so, out on the team, uh, and maybe Maccabee is just lucky. Yeah, exactly. So you see it as uh, – coaching standpoint you see that the coaching staff is holding people accountable and you like to see that um so as i think kind of the overall point of this is 
the coaching staff is doing the right things. It's just a matter of time before they get their players and can pull it all together. Yeah, and I hope that's right. Um, And I I went through a little bit of the press conference transcript as well, and he was asked um, about the penalties. And, you know, he he talked about, you know, you just teach off of the mistakes. We had had, uh, all these penalties. You can't have those. We talk about it all the time. In order to win the game, you got to not lose it. And you lose the games by penalties, mental errors, and turnover. Um, And he said, we were not great in those three categories. So, I mean, it sounds so simple, but it is so true that it is those mental mistakes that often can lose you football games. That was why Purdue lost it at Syracuse seasons ago, those mental mistakes after the touchdown. And I don't know that it was all mistakes that cost them this Syracuse game, but it certainly didn't help them with uh, multiple, you know, 11 pins on Saturday for however many yards, over 100 yards for the exact number. You, you know, you take those and you turn it over four times and it's a whole different ball game. I mean, if you would have changed those two things, I think Purdue would have probably won the ball game, but it if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas, as they like to say. So we can't really mm-hmm. do that, but it does give you at least a little bit of hope that if they clean things up, maybe we'll be able to you know find a way to win a couple more games. But it's going to be tough. Every game is going to be a scrap because this Purdue team just doesn't have the, the, the guys to be able to make huge mistakes like that and continue to win. Yep. For sure. Um, so <laughs> it's unfortunate that it has to be a waiting game in these times. But you know what? If it pays off, it's well worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, do we want to talk a little bit about Wisconsin for before we bring our friend in here? Um, a little bit. A little bit. Okay. So uh, Wisconsin currently 2-1. and one, um, Have mm-hmm. not really looked like the Wisconsin world beaters that we've expected. They don't have a guy right. running for 600 yards a game you know, on us. But Ryan, what can you tell us about the Wisconsin Badgers? Yeah, they still like to run the football. Yeah, so I think so. Their two main rushers are Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi. Uh, combined 76 rushes, over 500 yards on the ground, and eight touchdowns. Wow. Now, the odd thing is they don't really throw to their uh, – well, they don't really – a lot of yards to their running backs. So screen games is not exactly where their bread and butter is. So um, their quarterback, Tanner Mordecai, he is not a scrambling quarterback. And I know a lot of people are going to be very happy. There should not be a Garrett Schrader 2.0. Let's hope not. Um, Should not be. Uh, But he has thrown for 700 yards but only two touchdowns as well as two interceptions. So not the most world beater at quarterback, which we expect out of Wisconsin. However, we don't really expect that out of a Luke Fickle offense. So it might be a matter of Luke Fickle hasn't got his guy yet. So we don't really know. Um, Coming into the season, we expected – the offense to change radically and it kind of has they're not running the ball up the middle 70 times a game like they normally do but they still have very talented running backs so it's gonna be another tough day for the defense if wisconsin comes to play yeah yeah and especially if jenkins is out um and Mm -hmm. as we just discussed you know we don't really know um 
how his rehab is going or even really what the injury was. So we'll just have to wait and see and hope that he can come back. You know, as you said, Wisconsin doesn't have a world beater at quarterback. I, I mean, they really are not known for that, um, at least in recent right. memory. Um, of course, the the one exception is when they got a, a guy who transferred in uh, by the name of Russell Wilson for one year. And, oh, man, did he torch Purdue uh, when the two teams <laughs> played back in 2011. That was not not a good look for Purdue. Um, he absolutely blew them away on that game. So uh, I, I'll never forget that one. I was in attendance at that one as well. Man, that was rough. Um, so what do we know about the Wisconsin D? Um, so they have their own guy who's actually just tearing it up. And his name is Hunter Wooler. So I've got a comparison here between him and Dylan Thieneman. Okay. So Dylan Thieneman, 31 total tackles. Hunter Wooler, 34 total tackles. Both have 26 solo tackles. Both have two interceptions. They are very good defensive backs. Uh, they're both safeties. And he is really their their guy on defense. I think he was the big 10 or even the country uh, um player of the week. Oh man. So yeah. What, so um, that's definitely fun. What year is he? I believe. Um, I actually am not sure. I, I put you right on the spot right there. I just thought maybe with your comparing the two of them, I thought maybe he was a true freshman, but I assume not. He might've been a true freshman. And I think that's, kind of where it came from that it was incredible too um do hunter waller oh no he's a junior okay there we go he's he's been around but still so props to dylan thieneman then true freshman uh pulling out all the stops just like this guy that's right that's right yeah so their defense has 10 sacks on the season five interceptions and a fumble recovery so they have the fundamentals down to, you know, an extent. Obviously, they're not the most prolific uh, in any of those, but well-rounded is well-rounded, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Wisconsin last year had one of their worst years in a long time, ultimately resulted in Paul Christ uh, being let go, and then they've now got uh, Fickle as their head coach. So they are also a team still finding themselves, finding their identity, but... I think one thing you can say about Wisconsin is, you know, they've known who they are for a long time. You know, they're a kick you in the face, run for four yards, run for five yards, uh, Mm -hmm. real power running team with a gigantic offensive line. And that doesn't just change overnight. Um, They're still going to be a bit of that team. I'm not sure that's what Luke Fickle wants them to be long term, Um, but you can at least build upon that and try to tweak the offense a little bit as you go. Um, he came in with a good foundation, and yeah. uh, he, he's got something really good to build upon. So, you know, with, with Purdue not having beaten Wisconsin since 2003, it's never a good thing for Purdue to see Wisconsin coming uh, up next on the schedule. I, I'll be honest, I'm not real optimistic about this game, and and that has nothing to do <laughs> with what has happened Um in two of the last three games, it has everything to do with Purdue just does not match up well against Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, the last stat I have that's um, 
kind of terrifying. Oh, good. Is Wisconsin is 12 of 12 in the red zone. Oh, fantastic. And the somewhat more terrifying part, Purdue is 8 of 12. I would assume so, that would have been worse, actually. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but two-thirds of the time you're inside the 20 and you don't score, or one-third of the time you don't score. Yeah, not good. Not good. No. But, hey, you know, we've still got to play the game. That's right, that's right. So uh, I think that's going to do it for this part of the podcast. We're going to go ahead and take a break, bring in our friend who knows Wisconsin, kind of get a little more info on them and get you all ready for Friday's game. We'll be right back. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we are back. So Ryan and I are here with John Schutz from the Bucky Cast to talk all things Wisconsin heading into Friday's game. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Um, I've got my cheese curds and beer here, so I'm ready to talk all <laughs> things Wisconsin. Well... You know, if you're a listener of this podcast, you know Ryan and I would love the cheese curds. We could pass on the beer, though. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to turn back my uh, my my question answering hat. Okay, I'm ready to ready to go. All right, now, now you mean business. So, <laughs> uh, right. for those that that are not aware, uh, John hosts the Bucky Cast, covers all things Wisconsin, including uh, volleyball, basketball, football, hockey. Uh, he is in Wisconsin, so he's got all those lovely winter sports up there as well. Yep. Um, so he, he is a busy guy, but he did tell us before we started recording that he's probably not going to put out a, a Purdue, uh, Wisconsin football podcast just because, you know, and, and these are his exact words. He said, it's been 20 years since you guys beat us. What's the point? Uh, is that, did I, did I cover that pretty well, John? 
we've we've chopped this up as an automatic win. Uh, in fact, it doesn't even show up <laughs> on the schedule anymore. Yeah, um, right. It's 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 almost like a scrimmage. Uh, no, no, that is that is not the case. Um, in fact, I will I will I'm sure I will wind up covering it the uh, the results of the Purdue game if nothing else. But I don't have a preview going on. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. So we're gonna do uh, some few some questions here just to kind of get a better idea of what to expect from Wisconsin. Um, obviously, you're a pretty knowledgeable fellow, so we thought we'd bring you in um, first. I'm I'm gonna go first, Ryan. I'll let you have the second one. A- as I okay. said. Purdue has not beaten Wisconsin since 2003. Uh, for those younger listeners, you might not have been alive the last time Purdue beat Wisconsin. Um, so for, for Purdue fans, it's like a nightmare every time we see Wisconsin football on the schedule. Um, I mean, do you guys feel when you see Purdue on the schedule that it's like not an easy win? I don't want to. I don't want to make it sound like you don't respect you know a game or, or looking past it, but. I mean, with 20 years, is it really something where you look at it and say, we're probably going to win this game? Um, you know, in, in there were years when we would say that. Um, there were years when, uh, when you know, during the Daryl Hazel era, and I think we talked <laughs> about this when I interviewed you for the uh, for my podcast. Um, yeah, it just felt like, yep, we're going to win that game, no problem. That is not really the case anymore. Um Two years ago, I went to the uh, Wisconsin-Purdue game, and it was in question at halftime. Um, and then Purdue inexplicably decided to start running the football a lot. And uh, that that was the end of that game for them. Yeah. Um, that, was that was Braylon Allen's coming out game. Um, but this year, uh, it's, it's honestly going to depend on which Badger team shows up. Uh, the Badgers are a team of two halves this year. And the first half Badgers are, are look like they've had all memory of playing football wiped from their brains <laughs> uh, for the most part. There's a few guys who are still playing the whole game, but from like in the last three games, Wisconsin has, I think been tied at half with, with Buffalo or ahead by three points. Um, they were trailing obviously by like 18 points um, against Washington state. And they were tied with Georgia Southern at half. Uh, Wisconsin has only scored, I think, a total of like 23 points in the first half of games. And then they come out in the second half and suddenly realize, oh, yeah, we can play football. And um, last week against Georgia Southern, Wisconsin gave up over 500 yards of total offense. I think Hudson Card has like 800 plus passing yards in the year already. He may get half of that again in the in the game against Wisconsin because the Wisconsin secondary outside of Hunter Wohler. Uh, who is our our dollar player, our hybrid safety? Uh, outside of him, none of the other Wisconsin starters have really shown up this year. And that secondary, it almost looks like they they've. I, I don't know if they changed like what style they're they're playing. Obviously, we changed defensive systems. Um, but these are like fundamental errors that are even like beyond uh, just changing systems. Uh, guys running loose in the secondary with two guys running off and covering another guy. Um, just just basic. Uh, bad football, bad tackling. Uh, they've already had a starter benched uh, because of his inability to tackle players. So Wisconsin secondary isn't the only problem on the defense, but it's probably the principal one right now. Uh, on offense, it's the offensive line, uh, which is weird for Wisconsin fans. Right, yeah, that's, that, is, that is not the unit you expect to be the weak one when you think of Wisconsin no. football. And uh, Wisconsin, first of all, they we, I don't know if they're going to get Senator Jake Renfro back for this game or not. Renfro was brought in as a transfer from Cincinnati. He was an all 
uh, American Athletic Conference uh, Center in 2021. He sat out last year with an injury, and he sat out most of his Wisconsin career in the spring and fall with injuries. So that would really help because right now Wisconsin's got Tanner Bordellini starting at center. He's not a true center. He doesn't really like to play center. He's <laughs> Again, as, as Purdue fans, we understand that as we played our, our fifth string center in a game uh, against Virginia Tech or Fresno State, whoever it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but that is that is the pain Wisconsin's going through right now is we have a center who doesn't really do well with shotgun snaps. Well, this is an entirely shotgun-based offense, so right. that's a problem. Yeah, that's trouble. And there's, there's really no backup. So Tanner Bordellini has had to play center, and it has kind of messed up the entire chemistry of the offensive line. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, um, you shift one player like that, it can really change things up for everybody. We've seen that at Purdue uh, multiple times so far over the over just these three games. Um, they have had inexplicably bad line play. Uh, Jack Nelson, who is supposed to be a first or second round pick, at least a day two pick in this year in this upcoming NFL draft, uh, has not played like that at all. He gave up two strip sacks against uh, Washington State, one that was a, resulted in a touchdown directly. And uh, gave up a couple of holding penalties last week to a not all that great pass rushing team. So Wisconsin is mm-hmm. very discombobulated right now. Um, this is a good time for Purdue to catch them, especially on the road, because I don't know what Wisconsin team is going to show up. Don't give me hope. Don't do that. Don't <laughs> come on. Yeah, you guys. I see you guys have dipped into the Thieneman storage facility that you have somewhere in the state of Indiana yes. and pulled out another Thieneman. We have. So um, it's good to know that your stockpile of Thienemans has not declined any Yeah. Um, at Purdue. Um, Wisconsin has been turnover prone. Last week, they managed to reverse that by forcing an incredible six turnovers. Uh, the only thing that stopped the Georgia Southern offense was itself. Yeah. So um, I, I, if you've got guys who can, who can pick off the uh, ball, there's a chance that they'll get an opportunity, especially considering that your pass rush looks pretty good too. So um uh, yeah, it's it, it it's been an inconsistent. I'm not gonna say a nightmare. Wisconsin's still two and one, but it's been an extremely odd offensive line year for Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, and I know. So you mentioned our pass rush. So we actually are not quite sure if one of our uh, premier pass rushers in Kydron Jenkins will play this week. It hasn't been announced. Uh, he's doing his rehab, as our coach said, but um, we're not sure if he'll play. Um, quoting Ryan Walters, if he's ready, he'll play, but he, we don't know if he's ready, of course. So, um, so that could be a little bit of a game changer there. But so my main question is with Luke Fickle coming in and sort of coming to a spread offense, we were, I, at least as Purdue fans, hoping this would be somewhat the downfall of the Wisconsin running game. That doesn't seem to have happened so far yet this year. Um, it did happen against Washington State. The Badgers only ran the ball a handful of times. Um, Braylon Allen had 20 yards rushing total in that wow. game. Um, okay. Wisconsin had a really hard time handling Washington State's front four. And mm-hmm. um, if if Purdue puts up any sort of a fight, especially in the first half, Wisconsin's going to have a, a dog fight. Because the offensive line just has, as I've said, has not been consistent in that first half. So if they can get pressure on the quarterback and if they can hold up in the middle of the defensive line, then they will succeed. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you really are. You're you're giving me hope where I'm not sure that it's warranted. But uh, I appreciate um, the honesty, you know, if nothing else. Here's the, here's the thing. Um, 
20 years of, of victories. And um, this is the first time I've ever gone into a Purdue game and uh, said to myself, you know what? I don't know that we can win this one. Oh, wow. Um, it's it, it, And this is, you know, I, I realize you guys have had your own problems this year with, uh, I watched that Fresno State game. Um, mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, but <laughs> um, yeah, it's Wisconsin is so in, maddeningly inconsistent. I hate to give you hope, but at the same time, I don't know what team is, like I, I think I, this is the third time I've said it, I don't know what team's going to show up. If it's the same yeah. team that showed up in the first half of the three non-conference games, it's going to be a game. But if they manage to put all of it together finally and put forth a complete game, um, you may have problems. Yeah. Uh, Braylon Allen is still a formidable running back. Uh, Chesma Lucy actually is also uh, having a really good season. So Wisconsin has the benefit of having two starting caliber running backs in the Big Ten. Of course they do. Um, and for all of the, uh, the the bad play on the offensive line, there have been good players too. Uh, Trey Wedig, who was started the year as a backup, is seeing more and more action. He's probably Wisconsin's top-rated offensive lineman per PFF. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wisconsin's wide receivers, they haven't really deployed the long passing game yet. Everything has been short to medium range. Uh, it's a little maddening because we were uh, encouraged this year that Wisconsin's offense was going to open up and was going to pass down the field. Well, it's all been a lot of short passing so far. That was that was actually going to be one of my uh, my next questions um, regarding the Wisconsin passing game. Um, is there anybody in the receiving core who you would consider a deep threat, even if they have not necessarily connected on it or run it so far this year? Oh yeah, Skylar Bell and uh, the other wide receiver in the slot, Will Pauling, will actually absolutely take the top off of your defense if you're not careful. Uh, Chimere DK is a big-bodied wide receiver. Bryson Green, uh, CJ Williams, they can all get deep on you. Williams is more of a possession-type receiver. Wisconsin's also shown a couple of occasions where they will uh, unzip a defense right down the slot with a tight end. Um, Hayden Rucci, mm-hmm. more of a blocker, but uh, they have a true freshman tight end, uh, Taylor Ashcraft, Tucker Ashcraft, sorry, who um, is actually having a, a great season. He had the best score on the team, again, per PFF or pro football focus last week. So mm-hmm. um, there are there are myriad offensive weapons for the Badgers. It's can they put everything together? Tanner Mordecai has been accurate when he's not been under pressure. So gotcha. getting pressure on him is going to be probably the key to this football game for Purdue. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so you say, I mean, there are some guys who can take the top off the Purdue defense. I don't know if you've seen how deep Dylan Thieneman <laughs> starts. Uh, he'll be about 30 yards deep, so it's, uh, it's after, definitely fun to see. If Wisconsin like gets their passing field. game going, um, or their running game going, I rather, um, Thieneman, Dylan Thieneman might, might want to creep up a little bit into the box because uh, – Wisconsin can, if they are on their game, absolutely pound you. And you guys have seen that firsthand, I'm sure. Um, yep. Yeah. Your defense is not prepared for the running game. I know you guys had some trouble against Syracuse um, stopping a running quarterback. Tanner Mordecai is a mobile quarterback. Uh, he doesn't prefer to run, but he can. So uh, Wisconsin is not without options on offense. Uh, yeah. Again, uh, if you have any semblance of a passing game, um, if you want to, if you want to line up, uh, Deion Burks and run him deep, I don't know that Wisconsin can stop that. They've not shown the ability to recognize, Hey, there's one dominant wide receiver on the other side of the field. Let's focus on that guy, uh, without having their secondary completely fall apart and give you so many secondary options. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
I think one more thing I wanted to ask, and then I'll let Ryan get into his punting uh, question if he doesn't have anything oh, else. Um, it, you know, you talked there about Wisconsin's defense showing an inability to stop the long pass, but for for Purdue to be able to do that, their offensive line has to be able to block long enough for our guys to get downfield. We've been uh, much better at pass blocking than we have at run blocking this year. Uh, but what is the uh, Wisconsin defensive line look like? Have they been doing a great job getting to the quarterback this year, or is that another area where they've struggled? That is another area where until this last game against Georgia Southern, they had struggled. Um, now the main guys you're going to hear about are James Thompson Jr. on the defensive line. Uh, he ha- has two sacks already on the year. He's been good. Uh, Daryl Peterson is an outside linebacker. He's taken over Nick Herbig's spot, sort of in that defense as the primary pass rushing outside linebacker. He's got a lot of pressures, two sacks as well. He's pretty good. Um, Outside of that, you know, unless they bring a blitz, Wisconsin has had trouble getting to the quarterback. And that's the one area that really gives me pause. I wouldn't, you know, I've seen the stats on the Purdue running game, only averaging 3.4 yards per carry. Um, Wisconsin's defense, though, after, after the, raking they got from Georgia Southern. Um, if Purdue can mount a passing attack, this is going to be a game that Purdue can win. Wisconsin secondary has shown no signs of being able to stop the pass, which yeah. I feel dirty saying. <laughs> right, yeah. This we're is so used to this not being the case. Is a strange it's, conversation. Yeah. Uh, Wisconsin's defense has not been great this year so far, and I realize there's a period of adjustment from a 4-3 to a 3-3-5 defense. But it's been kind of ridiculous how easy the yardage has come for opposing teams. Yeah, yeah. Ryan, that that is really all the questions I had about Wisconsin. Um, I, I'm going to let you go to your punting thing, and then at least Ryan and I will will provide predictions. I'm not sure if you want to provide one as well. Um, you don't have to, but we always like to give <laughs> um, we always like to give a prediction of the result and uh, a quick guess at the score. Yep, and they are guesses. That's for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, on to our segment, the punting segment. So um, we do this every week, and it's spurred with the sickos community on then Twitter um, with uh, how many punts it would take each Big Ten punter to get to the closest Culvers. Mm-hmm. For Wisconsin, I would have assumed it was at midfield in yeah. Camp Randall. So you would think it was underneath the field at Camp Randall. Exactly. Uh- they are they are building a new practice facility, and they're going to move Bucky's locker room, which is the apparel store, out of Camp Randall Stadium and into that practice facility. And at that point, I think that space is big enough that it can handle Culver's. There you go, fantastic. And they can with so, their next round of stadium updates. Hopefully, they'll stick a Culver's right under the stadium. What more could you ask for? So, right, the Sickos community is probably salivating this. Um, but anyway, we took that and we ran with it. Now, with this game, what we're going to do is I'm going to give you a number of punts that it would take the Wisconsin punter Atticus, which is a fantastic first name, by the way. Uh, Is it Bertrams? Bertrams. Atticus Bertrams, whose name I completely forgot in my season preview (laughs) podcast for Wisconsin. Fair enough. True freshman transfer from USC. I don't know how to explain that, but it's true. That's what I was. I was yeah. like, "How are you a true freshman but a transfer?" Um, hey. Don't don't ask me the reasons why, but he's got four years of eligibility. So fair enough. All right, <laughs> all right, yeah. So we're gonna take a look at how many punch it would take Atticus to get to an area um, that is relevant to the University of Wisconsin. 
So, so this you is based need to off get, his average punt yardage. So you'll need to guess the destination after Ryan Correct. gives you the number of punts. Okay, so yes. I have to say which town in the Big Ten he's punting to. Oh no, it doesn't have to be a town in the Big Ten. It could be anywhere. It's a, a Wisconsin, a Wisconsin relative, relative, or anywhere a, in Culver's. Okay, let's or yeah. anywhere in Wisconsin where there's a Culver's. I'm presuming. <laughs> oh no, it could be anywhere what? in the world. It just has to be a yes. location relevant to Wisconsin, like the. Okay, the I'll give you an example. Team. Okay. Yeah. For example, when we did this game with Virginia Tech, I did the location of a Metallica concert in Russia um, because <laughs> of Enter Sandstorm. Sandman. Sandman. I'm sorry. Ryan, I'm thinking... you just made every single person in the world uh, who's going to listen to this podcast shake their head. Yep. You can't well, get that wrong. Well, I was just blending South Carolina and Virginia Tech. Okay. Anywho, um, <laughs> so. Um, the number of punts I'm going to give you is 72,101 punts. And what, but what does he average? He averages 40.6 yards per punt. So obviously not really fair. I will give you, it is several thousand miles, um, to get there. I believe it was 1600 miles, actually 1600 miles to get somewhere. And it's relevant to Wisconsin. Yes. And it's from camp Randall stadium from camp Randall to like how many miles did you say? 1,600? 1,600. Okay. Yes. Is that the distance from camp? No, that's not That's not it. Is it from Camp Randall to Boston? It is not. It is not. Okay. That was my guess. What is it in uh, fact? So uh, what was your thinking with Boston? I'm not quite sure. Uh, that is, I believe, where House of Pain is from. And, oh, uh, like some around. jump around. Yeah. That's a solid, solid guess. <laughs> it, okay. This is actually... You are not wrong. Oh, okay. the guess was not wrong in a sense. So I actually did this to the origin city of House of Pain, where the band members are from, which is Los oh. Angeles. But oh, you okay. are correct. It, okay. Exact correct reasoning. It is where House of Pain formed. So I win, but not really. Yeah, you get like half yeah. credit. You're okay. the best. I mean, that's more than anyone else. Yeah. That's the closest anyone's ever gotten. That's the best yeah. anyone's ever done. I win, I win your podcast for this year. That's right. As John always, Wisconsin ball. wins. Oh, you just had to. You had to. I did. I had to do it. I don't blame you. I would too if I'd been beating an opponent for 20 years straight. So we, we're we going to finish up. Ryan and I are going to give our predictions. Um, you are welcome to give one if you would like as well. No pressure because I know you, you might not have thought of it. But I'm going to go first, give you both some time to think. Um, I, I just – I can't pick Purdue to beat Wisconsin. It's been 20 years. I've seen better Purdue teams than this lose to plenty of Wisconsin teams, good, bad, and different. It doesn't really seem to matter. Um, I've got Wisconsin. I do think it'll be closer than uh, maybe in years past, especially after this conversation, but I'm still going to go Wisconsin 28 to 24. Hmm. Ryan, what about okay. you? Well, um, I, I'm, I'm going full Homer. Oh, no. I, I'm going to do it. So, and I didn't have this before we started this podcast. So, John, you've convinced me to go full homer. Oh, man. And I think this Friday night mojo might wash away 7,279 days worth of pain. House of pain. Um, 28-26 Purdue. Wow. That's actually the first game that you and I have picked different outcomes 
So when it comes to the end of the season and we're looking at who did better, uh, this could be a turning point. Ryan, what's your record on the year for predictions? Um, we are we're both, both one, one and two. two. Yeah. Okay. Because we've guessed pretty much like every single game. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> Um, I actually, I got the Badgers score correct for the last game against Georgia Southern. I was in the rough ballpark. I've gotten all my predictions correct so far this year. I haven't like nailed the scores quite. Yeah. I mean, of course I was fairly close on Washington state. I guess half the correct score for the Georgia Southern game. I am going to guess that Wisconsin in the end, uh, 20 years, uh, still works out. I'm going to go, uh, 35, 27 Wisconsin. That seems fair. That seems like a re- pretty realistic score to me. So, um, I mean, you know, it's it's the history of Purdue in the last 20 years. Haven't won one. Eventually, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have predicted that. But when he said Kydron Jenkins was out, I was like, well, yes, we, we, think, out. we think for now, um, okay. you know, it's if, nothing. If Wisconsin has Jake Renfro back at center and uh, Purdue does not have Kydron Jenkins, I'll go with that score. Otherwise... Mm-hmm. Well, I won't guess what the other score will be. There you, too that's, that's all right. Too many variables. Yeah, yeah. So I, especially, you know. 27. 27. Is that a missed extra point or two field goals? Because our kickers struggled sometimes. <laughs> um, it can be. It can get there any way you want. However many <laughs> safeties it takes to get to 27. There you go. Now, that's that would be a sickos game right there. <laughs> uh, well, that is going to do it for us. Thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find the Bucky cast? Uh, you can look on Twitter at the Bucky Cast, or otherwise, uh, the Bucky Cast is out on uh, uh, YouTube. Uh, you can go out on Spotify and check it out. Uh, we have an Instagram, but it is not. I, I very rarely post anything on the Instagram. Um, otherwise, you can always send us an email uh, at the Bucky Cast four three. I'm sorry, the Bucky Cast four three at gmail.com. I'm so used to giving our Twitter address. Right. Yeah, I get you. I get you. So there we go, folks. That is Purdue versus Wisconsin. Uh, it's going to come on a Friday night, 7 p.m. kickoff. So uh, be prepared for some Friday night lights. Boiler up. Hammer down.